Welcome everyone back to the Think and Reform podcast. It is another episode of Low Hanging Fruit with your favorite dumpster fire diver, Luke. And did he just say that dumpster fire diver? Yes, that's me, dumpster fire diver. I, uh, dumpster diver fire, <laughs> dumpster fire diver. I'm literally diving into dumpsters that are on fire and the dregs of the internet to bring to you the insanity that Christians or people who think they're Christians are saying about Christ and his word and other Christians. Today's wonderful video comes to us courtesy of Jubilee. I don't really know what Jubilee is all about. They share a lot of videos where they generate discussion about controversial topics from, you know, things that most people don't really want to talk about from religion to sexuality to politics and, you know, con just controversial things that people like to argue about. And they share videos of sharing different perspectives. I say different perspectives, huge, you know, Kansas sized um, uh, quotation marks there because, you know, most of them are within a framework of leftism, of liberation theology, of um, any, anytime you have Christians discussing something with these people, they don't, they don't let like real Christians in. They, they wouldn't do that. They're, they're few and far between. They sneak in there by accident. So today we're going to take a look at this. And um, I believe the uh, series is called Spectrum, where they bring people of different backgrounds and different beliefs and have them discuss certain things. So let's dump right into the silliness. Here it is. And the name of this one is called, Do All Evangelicals Think the Same? Does that person know Jesus? Or is he the way to Jesus? Is he also, uh, also going to heaven because I see Christ in every human being? I'd say no. Yeah, I would say agree because I believe that Jesus is God and his life, his death, his resurrection is the great redemption that God had for the world. If you really think about it, if you believe Jesus is not the only way, you're calling God an idiot because you think he's going to say one day, oh shoot, I, you could go to heaven by being a good person or, and I spent all this energy and time to sacrifice my own son. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me there was another way? I mean, if there was another way, Jesus would not have gone to the cross. Do you think it may be just a tad harmful to say that we're calling God an idiot for those that maybe haven't come to that conclusion yet, or maybe people that are wrestling through that? Because, I mean, think about it like this. If, if I grew up, or if we grew up in an like, Islamic, predominantly Islamic like territory, like, could we confidently say that we would still be Christian in those environments? I love your passion. I just fear we as Christians have like caused so much hurt. Okay, so uh, a couple things to note here. First off, this is a no chad zone here. The people talking, no chads allowed. We're not going to have any strong male Christians in here giving their opinions about what the Bible says with faith and conviction and courage. It's just not going to happen with, with these knuckleheads. We have people, I love your passion. Oh my goodness, the guy sounds like a stupid celebrity chef commenting on, you know, somebody's pastries. But I mean, that's the kind of Christianity we have these days. That, that, that's, that's what we get. So uh, kind of started off well. They all kind of said um, Christianity is the only uh, religion or the only way. I mean, Jubilee kind of phrased it uh, incorrectly. And they all kind of, they all kind of went to, yeah, I, I agree. Christianity is the only way and some, some things 
Um, we're said that we're positive Jesus Christ is the only way, God is the only way. Um, and then we have this knucklehead right here. Uh, well, maybe, and just what if we, I grew up in Islam and all that kind of stuff. This is stuff that mature Christians, we, you know, mature Christians thought about this stuff a long time ago, back in like, I don't know, like seventh or eighth grade. Um, but we still have grown adults you know, still thinking about what if I was born a Muslim? You know, I mean, th I mean, th this is stuff that you should have figured out by now if you're going to be commenting on Christianity and 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 giving and giving a strong opinion, either yay or nay, on, to, on these questions. Um, so you know, you might have you notice there is a little bit of a diversity of all these uh, people here, but I I submit to you they all have one thing in common, and that is they're all a couple of years away from releasing a video on Instagram or Facebook detailing their deconstruction journey. That's what they're all going to be doing in a couple of years. Put me on the record. Every last one of them is going to be doing it. There's only one guy in here that seems actually convicted. Everyone else is like the typical millennial Gen Z. Well, you know, I feel, and but I feel my personal feeling, my journey, all that kind of silliness. So not real Christians here, just run the mill Hillsong. I mean, all these are, these are card carrying Hillsong people right here. So let's keep going with this silliness by just how we've communicated things and just not giving people room to be messy in their beliefs and messy in where they are. You see, so, silly words like that, messy, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he just got done coming back from some sort of weird, bizarre church service where we just sang reckless love or something like that. We use these words, you know, to, to, to cope with Christ. This is how we cope with Christianity. Christian is so difficult. The burden that Christ gives is so heavy. We need to use these words like messy and reckless and journey and all that kind of silly stuff to cope with the Christianity. These are these are these are kids uh, who who are. Are about to say in a couple years, you know, I'm a recovering even I'm a recovering evangelical. So let's continue on with our uh, game, fun game of uh, go evangelifish. I support the LGBTQ plus community. I wonder how this one's gonna go, and eh, we all know. Three, two, one. I'm just curious to see what support means. Like I feel like a lot of Christians, at least that I've been friends with. I mean, even myself at one point would be afraid of saying that I support the LGBT community. I know that we're just called to love our neighbors, and if my neighbor... I want you, as you're thinking about this, insert, instead of LGBTQ, put pedophile, and, and just think about if you were to switch this out, because love is love, right? And, uh, you know, these, these are, these are pre-deconstructing my Christianity people. And usually when people deconstruct their Christianity, they construct their statism. And, uh, you know, think, think about, like they say, you know, they, they make these bold statements, you know, we need to love everybody, love our neighbors. Would you do this for a pedophile? Have you, have you thought about that? That, that now people are, are angling to get pedophilia in here so that we uh, need to accept them and they're victims too and they deserve a place at the LGBTQ plus whatever alphabet silliness. Is LGBTQ. There's no reason why I can't love them. I, there's no reason why I can't love a pedophile. You know, I mean, they, they, they have just, I mean, they're made in the image of God too. So, I mean, what do we do? I mean, this is, they're not even going to say Old Testament in this, in this entire thing and barely even say Bible. Especially where we live, like to not invite people of that community into our churches. Into and not invite people of the pedophile community into our churches, to not invite them. So you said, it wouldn't say this. You wouldn't say this because you've already given up on God's definition of sexuality. You've already given up on it. So you're just welcoming to everybody. 
our lives into whatever we have going on would be just like a big loss for the church because especially where we're at in the country this that's a very big demographic and so i think uh missing out on that would just be a shame for the church see that's the thing i agree with everything that you've said because i know that god loves them and they are a minority group that's been persecuted wrongfully and i and, and see and we, i mean what about the pedophiles you know the pedophiles are a minority group that had been persecuted wrongly we used to think that it was it was a perversion but now we know after studies and science and you know it's just a, it's just a it's just a way of looking at life differently and they have just as much room at the table as everybody else and and they wouldn't say this they they would not say this about pedophiles they're hypocrites i believe no one should be shamed or beat up based on their sexual or yeah i mean would you say that if it came for your son or your daughter i know one should be shamed or beat up you know i mean because they're hitting on my son or my daughter and it's just i'm just gonna you know accept them and all that kind of stuff this is so silly orientation but the thing is um what people do with their sex life in their own bedrooms is none of my business and see this is how we already justify pedophilia look i'm not getting off this pedophilia thing i'm not i'm i'm not gonna let this go because if once you say these kinds of things, you have no argument against pedophilia at all. You got nothing. They can come just like the rest of the perverts and say, well, you know, I mean, love is love. You know I mean? If they're willing, I mean, and, and then the only thing stopping them is, 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 well, the government says that an adult is 18 years old until the government's like, well, you know what? Adult is five. You're five years old when you become an adult. The only thing stopping them right now is an arbitrary limit set by some knucklehead in an office and some knucklehead in an office is going to change it again. And it's going to be brought down. And what's going to happen to your consent argument? I'm not going to say anything about that. I don't, I don't really care what they do, but when they come to my area and they tell me that my God thinks all that is okay. That's when I have a problem. But in terms of supporting their view of God is what I don't support. I would also say, though, that that's a big generalization, just like people generalize Christians and say, like, Christians hate gay people. Like, there's a lot of gay people who literally don't give two craps like what Christians believe, you know? Right. It's kind of the same way, like, as much as we want to love people and we, like, have experienced the love of Jesus and we want other people to experience that, like, I'm not going to love someone with an agenda. I'm not going to love them with the hope that one day they'll convert. I'm going to love them. Would you say that being gay is? Eh, whether they convert or not makes no difference to me. And this is just this is this is this is the result of just preach the gospel crowd, right? We just preach the gospel because you just want people to convert. That's it. We don't tell them how to live. We just want them to convert. Plus one that that view plus one generation results in this nonsense right here. I, you know what? Actually, I don't even care if you convert at all. You know, I forget that. I just want to love you. I I just I just want to have my virtue signaling that I love everybody. And you know, it, it, whether you convert, you know, I'm not really I'm not really into that. Is this sin? No. What do you think would classify being a part of the LGBT community? Homosexual activity. Because I would consider my, like I'm gay, but like for. <gasps> Shocker. Some Christians, like, just phrasing that is, like, horrifying because they believe that being gay is a sin. And here we come into the difference between being gay and, and uh, homosexual activity. Now, again, again, what, what, what do you do with somebody who's struggling with adulterous thoughts? Well, I have adulterous thoughts. Well, it's okay. You just don't act on them. Okay, you, you got to do something to get yourself out of this. See, you need to... <laughs> I know somebody's going to deconstruct Christianity, but what you need to do is be deconstructing your homosexuality. Homosexuality is not something you're born with. 
It's not something uh, that you can just pervert your way into. Like if you just watch enough pornography, you'll, you'll be gay someday. You'll be a homosexual. That is not what's happening here. Homosexuality is a result of stunted sexual maturity. Okay, there's only two ways that you become a homosexual. One is you are abused as a child, and two is you have an unstable relationship with the same-sex parent. Boys with their father, females with their mother. So if, if it's not a guarantee. None of this is a guarantee that you become a homosexual. But, but you, what has happened to your sexuality has become perverted, and it has become stunted. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always going to think like that or be, be like that. What that means is that you need to... Work on your sexuality in such a way so you need to find where you left off in your sexual maturity, in your sexual growth, and you need to pick back up and continue on in your sexual maturity. You need to mature your way out of homosexuality. That's what you can do. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy. And for a lot of people, they'll never get rid of those feelings. It'll never be fully gone. But that's what we, I mean, if, if I'm struggling with adultery, I don't just throw up my hands and say, well, well, you know, I mean, I guess I was born that way or whatever. I have to mature my way out of desiring that. I got to, I got to realize in my life that desiring either pornography or any sexual perversion, I got to, I got to make peace with this. this is not good. It's not normal. I can't keep thinking this way. Because I'm either going to keep going down a path of getting closer and closer to sexual perversion, or I'm going to be going the path getting closer and closer to sexual maturity. And for all sexual perversion, we need to stop it in its tracks, turn it back around, and put it in the right way towards sexual maturity so that we don't think these thoughts anymore, and so that perversion no longer becomes desirable to us. And so for this guy right here, we don't just leave him high and dry and say, well, I guess you're always going to be that way. sucks to be you. No, we don't say that. We say, okay, we got to sit down. We got to talk about what happened to you as a child. We got, we got to, um, we got to get walk you through what it was like to be a man, and that men don't have sexual feelings for other men. And you need to mature your way out of it. It's happened for a lot of people, and uh, there are former homosexuals that can attest to this. Personally, I think that there's cultural and societal attachments to the concept of being gay, and something called biblical concepts. But we won't get into that on this one. But if you just take it down to the textbook, I mean, being gay is simply attraction to the same sex. Some of you are saying that you would advocate for celibacy for the LGBTQ community if they want to be Christian or not. I think most Christians are on the same page of like, being gay is not a sin, but it's more so what you do with the fact that you are gay kind of delineates what's sin and what's not. And I would even say it's not my place to decide if it's right for a gay person to choose to be celibate. Like, if someone wants to put something in their mouth, they can. Like, I don't think I should have any opinion in that matter because it's not my life, it's not my sex life. You know what I mean? Because we don't have opinions on heterosexual relationships. I mean, aside from, like, aside from sex before marriage, but it's like we're not asking people what they're doing in their free time. You know what I mean? I think a question... Uh, yes, we do. We have to ask as evangelicals is why the LGBTQ community doesn't feel safe in our spaces. Uh, this, have you ever been in an LGBTQ space and felt safe as a Christian and standing up and saying, I believe this is all sin and wickedness? Have you ever done that? No, you're not gonna do that. You know, all, all, all that matters is what they think about us, our, their perception of us. That's the only thing that matters here. It's, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, um, it, it's irrelevant. And I think that is a question that should be primary of if we really do love and accept people as made in the image of God, 
why don't they feel safe and why do they feel like they have to leave our spaces and they don't feel safe because for a lot of christian communities homosexuality is not accepted and it's not welcome just like adultery is not accepted and not welcome fornication is not accepted and it's not welcome and rightly so why should it be so of course if, if, if i hope if i'm a murderer and i walk into a christian community i hope i don't feel safe I, I would hope that 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 i would get this idea that you know if i came out and i said hey i've murdered someone i wouldn't have a sewing circle around me comforting me say oh it's okay i accept for you for who you are you're made in the image of god you're feel i want you to just feel safe here they are committing something that god has equated to a capital offense and it's, it's no it's it's nothing to sneeze at it's something that's very serious and the only thing saying it's okay is the world that's it. That's it. The Bible, if it was trying to communicate, if the Bible was trying to communicate to you that homosexuality was wrong and sinful and wicked and disgusting, what would it say? If you don't believe it, what it is, is what it says right now, you're never going to believe it. You know, if, 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 if I sat these people down and said, okay, if God was trying to tell you, don't do this, don't uh, be, become a homosexual, what would the Bible have to say? Well, it'd have to say the things that it's saying right now. I've had so many gay friends leave the church, leave Christianity, um, so many people part of this LGBTQ community. And so that, that is the question that I lead with in how I talk about and think about um, how we love and care for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah and, and no scripture there. I mean, all, all, everything I, I do is, is, is from their perspective. Forget the biblical perspective. Everything I do is, is so that they feel safe, they feel comfortable, and they feel loved. Evangelicals are misunderstood or mischaracterized by the media. Three, two, one. Uh, homeboy is like he's like tossed about on the ocean like like a wave. Uh, he's, he he don't know whether he's coming or going. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Spoiler alert. He does not stay there. That is so hard. I do feel like. Media outlets sometimes can focus on like failures and like Christian leadership and stuff. In that regard, looking at these examples in a way that feels portrayed, in a way that feels frustrated, then I would go on that side. A lot of the times the negative media that does come to like the church or Christianity is because of one extreme. Again, that's just a generalization. Like if you see one group doing one thing, that doesn't mean the whole body of Christ is doing it. If the prompt were Christians, I would definitely be on this side. I think the reason I would choose this side for the term evangelicals is because generally, like vast majority, like 80% of evangelicals voted for Trump. Why are we hearing from this guy in the background? This guy, he, he seems like the, the, only, the only guy I, I, I would expect to make any, any sense out of the stuff that's being said. We don't hear from him. Maybe he was a Chad. Maybe they did sneak a Chad in there somehow. I do think a lot of the news or like the coverage about who we are and our failures is real and it's kind of like the stark reality of our church a lot of the issues that we see i think we need to own them
need to apologize for them. I think we need to repent from them. And I think we need to show people who Jesus really is, apart from this sort of conglomerate movement that we have. And I do think we're more... Uh, you know, if we just show people who Jesus really is, we wouldn't be crucified by the media. Just, just think about that. People, people would like us a lot more and they wouldn't say bad things about us and, and have a bad perception of us if we were just more like Christ. Just, just, just think, think about that for, for one second. Again, this is, these are people who are just years, maybe even months away from deconstructing their Christianity if they haven't done it already. This, this came out, I think, 21 weeks ago. But magically, I found it on the internet. But these, these people are just weeks, months, years away from deconstructing their Christianity. And they think that if we just are more like Jesus, people will, will like us and accept us represented right now. Also, there's so many evangelicals doing beautiful work that represents who Jesus is and what the kingdom of God looks like, absolutely. But I think we need to own that the media isn't covering things that they're making up. They're covering things that are really happening in, in the church. So. I mean, I just, no chads here. Just, just, I mean, the, the, the women are, are, are totally leading the men around here, except, except my man over here. They're leading them around by the nose and, and just, you know, the, the, no, no strong male figures here at all. And why would there be? I mean, what, I mean, if these people knew what they were doing, which they do know what they're doing, they, they wouldn't let anybody in like that. That would just make everybody look bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Preach. <laughs> Sorry, just, I, I can't respect these people. When should be allowed leadership roles in the church? Three, two, one. Well, <laughs> but I didn't want to open my mouth so I don't get taken out of context. So I want to first start off by saying I do believe that women are valuable and crucial in the why do we got to apologize for everything we're about to say they don't apologize for everything about their they say all the all the people who are saying horrible anti-biblical things they don't start off with a big apology why does why, why does knucklehead here have to start off with well I, yeah I, 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 we'll never be persecuted in this country because i heard somebody say this we'll never be persecuted in, in this country because we're running away too fast the leadership of the church and god has defined gender roles for the family i've had wonderful women pastors preach at my church and so i do believe women pastors are good but i believe that the senior pastor of the church is the father of the church family and the father is a male i think there's a loose definition of leadership and i don't know if we're referring to specific like specific positions within the church yeah. but i do feel like you know even in the bible there's so many instances of females expressing like leadership as a woman who is studying to be a pastor naturally i would disagree with the bible here i mean it's, it's, i mean what she's saying as a woman studying to be a pastor naturally i would disagree with the bible i appreciate that you say that you think women can be pastors i do still think there's harm in over differentiating i think something jesus says is or not jesus something paul says is there's no more male nor female and ultimately i think part of what jesus brings is equality where there was once difference and that's boilerplate, uh, you know, liberation, liberal theology, their standard, like they always go to that verse, totally misapplying it. You know, there's neither uh, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, you know, male nor female, and they're all, we're all one in Christ. So 
all roles are abolished, uh, you know, and, and they, they love to do that for the church. They don't go so far to the family yet. Um, you know, it's, it's harder, it's harder to go for them to go for the family. Uh, but, but they're, but they're doing it and, and they're being successful. The Bible should be interpreted literally. Uh, again, knucklehead in the middle there has no I idea. I think to interpret the Bible literally is a very Western Christianity thing. And so I'm not going to say that one person who doesn't take the Bible word for word is in the wrong with that. Yeah, I think the Bible is absolutely the inspired word of God and that we need to understand. No, you don't it, but we need to understand it in its contexts, in its genre, and make sure we pay careful attention. See, see that, that it, there it is. I believe it's inspired word of God, but we need to understand it, which means I don't believe it's the inspired word of God. And to not just put our Western lens on, um, and I think that's how we can treat the Bible most faithfully. I agree with that. Uh, that there are different genres, so I don't take every little thing as literal in the Bible. I take it as I see it. I'd be curious to see your perspective on some of the Psalms. Yeah, so as she mentioned, different genres, like Revelation isn't all literal, but the message where most of the Bible... What is that guy in the background saying? I, I want to know what he's saying. I want to know what he said. Man! What says, I think, should be taken at face value is what I mean by literal. There's still some room for interpretation with that, though. Yeah. So it's like, how literal is that, you know? Yeah, especially when your perspective is like, can be shaped so much off of like cultural and societal upbringing. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, when you embrace homosexuality, your view of the Bible changes a lot and suddenly you start to eisegete rather than exegete. I support the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I support Three, the overturning of two, Roe v. Wade. One. And the girls are all on disagree and some of the guys I think are you on can absolutely uh, there's one girl that's somewhat agree. Believe in the sanctity of life and the sacredness of choice. Um, and when it comes to medical decisions, I don't see why anyone else should have a say. There are no other like ways that the government is regulating body, bodily decisions. I feel like it's just making abortion unsafe. It's. Uh, I promise you this girl is pro-vax. I promise you. I promise you she's pro-vax. Making it much more difficult for women in low-income communities to get out of their cycles. And so I think it's just gonna do a lot more harm than good. And they're coming for things beyond abortion. They're gonna start coming for birth control. They're gonna start coming for contraception. Like they've already said that these things are, they're gonna start working towards and this is- We're gonna have to start having kids around here. Oh no! It's just kind of like the first step of it. I am actually pro- It's this, it's the, I mean, this is, this is like, she's like a faithful, uh, uh, What's that? What's that silly? I'm glad. I'm actually kind of glad I'm forgetting the name. But Handmaid's Tale. That she's like a Handmaid's Tale like season watcher. Like, you know, like this is just the start. It's a bunch of men coming for our freedom line by line. They're gonna get us, and soon I'm gonna be at home with my kids. Ah! <laughs> I'm on fire. I'm literally on fire in the middle of this dumpster. I mean, I'm dying here. Oh my goodness life but i i think we should have done a lot of groundwork in investing more in like the foster care system investing more in like women's health care investing more in like you know education and all these different like all these different spheres
anybody who was pro-life, I, I think we also need to be the ones to also step up and invest more in like in women and children. Like we need to be putting our money where our mouth is and putting our time and our resources. I totally agree with. But until then, can we at least agree that it's not okay to kill kids? Now, this is the only time when I I, I have a little bit of respect for what's going on because homeboy over here is not letting it go. He is going to tell them, no, it's never okay to kill a kid. With all that, and as you mentioned, I think there's a lot of issues around abortion and Roe v. Wade. But I don't really see this as an evangelical issue or even a religious issue. I see it as a moral issue. When Okay, no difference between moral and religious, none. That's the same thing. You know, religion is a faith-based faith system with a, with a set of rules. That's what religion is. And, and you cannot separate religion from morality. Same thing. When is it okay to kill a baby? And, overturn and he asked that a couple times. And spoiler alert, nobody has an answer for him. Roe v. Wade is saying you shouldn't. I don't even think any pro-choice person is wanting to kill babies. I and again, this is, a, from, this is from people who are not real Christians, who are not mature Christians because they're not out there at the abortion clinic. And I'm not saying that you're only a real Christian if you're at the abortion clinic. But this, this, is, this is from a place... Oh, here I am. I'm using the language. This comes from a place of ignorance. This is from a place of ignorance because you haven't been out there on the front lines and watching what these women say when they walk, walk in there. Because I've been there and I've seen the videos and I've seen the people turn around, give you the middle finger and say, I don't care. I don't want this baby. I know it's a baby. I'm glad I'm killing it. It's my 10th one. Blah, 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 blah. And she's saying something so silly. Well, I don't think anyone's actually, you know, th this is, this is from a place of ignorance because the church is not aware of what's going on. And we're going to see that, that, that they, that implicitly they, they see, they, they, I, I don't know, but, but a broken clock is right twice a day, you know, so they, they are going to actually identify a problem with the church here in one second. I think that is a very harsh uh, use of language because also... And we're talking about killing babies and she's like, her concern is a harsh use of, harsh use of language. So 70% of women who have had abortions identify as Christian. And See, there you go. She just, she just identified a problem. 70% of people who have abortions identify as Christians. Women who have abortion identify as Christians. And I've seen, I've seen the videos and I've seen the bumper stickers myself where it says in the back, you know, they, you get the fish or you got the, you know, uh, the, the stupid co-pilot, you know, one, and you got these Christian bumper stickers and, and people say, my pastor said I could. This is, a, this is a major problem in the Christian church. So in using language like that, especially when it's coming from the pulpit or whether whatever it is that is so harmful because what's so harmful. These babies are being ripped limb from limb. But you know what's harmful is what's coming from the pulpit. This is so silly. Women in your churches, in your pews, in your small groups and whatever, someone there has probably had to be like faced with that decision. And so when we as the church are using such harsh language, it's kind of putting a wall, it's putting a barrier and it's pushing people away. I also do. Look, that homosexual guy's like, hmm, 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 what you're saying, oh my word, this is so disgusting. I think that there is something somewhat dis... And now this knucklehead's going to open his mouth and, and bless us all with his knowledge. Heartening about how this looks right now, that all males are on this side and all females are on that side. Personally, I don't necessarily agree with like using the language of killing babies because like, that's like the darkest day. And some of these like ladies love. And who's the real victim here? It's the women. They're the real victims. Yeah, I mean all this. They're killing babies. The most innocent thing you could ever kill. Never harmed a person at all. Hasn't done anything wrong. They're killing them. And to this guy, the real victim is the women. Lives like the darkest day. And if I could, I'll go more that way. Because 
Come on. Yeah, right. Go more that way. That's right. But hammer them. You're right. There are a lot of issues. And personally, I haven't experienced them. But I think the question is still, when is it okay to kill a baby? Thanks for staying on topic. I just don't feel like as a guy, like, I could say much to, like, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what I'm doing right now. A- Dude, you, you don't know what you're, you're right. That's the only thing, true thing you said this entire time. You do not know what you're doing. Now he, Knucklehead has walked from the somewhat agree to somewhat disagree. He's got useless. <laughs> right. If it was about opinions, which basketball team is better? I think opinions, whatever. Everybody's opinion is the same. But because as evangelicals, we stand on what the word of God is saying to us. We can stand on whether something is right or wrong, or we could say that. We, we could be wrong about that. You're right. I think any person who was pro-life, like... See, he was going good, but he kind of gave it up there at the end. Well, we could be wrong about that. You're right. <laughs> Are, are, are you right about that? Where's Side 10, Brooke and Kate, when you need them? We need to be putting ourselves in a situation where we're bearing that cost as well. And it's not enough just to, like, you know, donate some money every month, right? And, like, support. I think we, all of us need to actually have skin in this game. Yeah, we need to be putting ourselves in the position of a baby where you're just minding your own business, you know, hanging out in uh, what should be the safest place, a mother's womb. And then someone comes in there with a pair of forceps and starts ripping your arms off. You need to put yourself in that position. Okay, and all the other positions become irrelevant. Every last one of them. Rape, you name it, it's irrelevant. If we're going to be pro-life, and like, I think the church really needs to step up and be the ones to actually go to all those, go to go to the women directly to really, put, to like, it needs to cost us something. I'm excited to see the church equally fight for the sanctity of life at all levels. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not excited to see the church fight for the sanctity of life at all levels. You're not. Because that's 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 what the overturning of Roe versus Wade was trying to do: sanctity of life at all levels. And she's already on somewhat disagree with the the the, the Roe versus Wade thing. You're not excited to see the the sanctity of life at all levels. You're not. It's a lie. Levels, and not just in terms of the the mother and the baby, but in terms of yeah, people experiencing all kinds of quality of life, and that like yeah, I feel like talking about the sanctity of life has become politicized in terms of how we care for the immigrant versus how we care for the woman having an abortion. And I'd love to see us as the church be vocal about caring about life in general. Listen, if we can't take care of the children, we can't take care of anybody else, okay? There's nothing worse than killing a child, okay? There's nothing worse than killing a child. And if that's legal, then everything after that is is basically okay. If you can kill a baby, then you can kill an adult. If you can kill a child, then you can rape somebody else because it's not worse. And if and if it's legalized to 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 kill an innocent child, everything after that is just maintenance until it becomes okay. When you are, when you start with the worst case scenario being legal, everything else it it, it looks good in comparison. Oh, don't clap! That, d- d- don't don't clap. That was a waste of time and energy. Look at look at these <laughs> guys. Oh, it's so fun! What a great exercise! Yeah, we we got together and we talked. We bared our souls, and everything's gonna be okay in the end. And oh my word, these people ought to be ashamed of themselves. I have a little bit of respect for this guy, and I want to know what the other guy was saying. They didn't let. They didn't give him. Oh, they didn't give him a voice. Oh, that's that's not good. That's not good. Liberation th- theology. You gotta give everybody has a voice at the table. The dude asked like one question, so said one thing, but but he, he didn't get a voice. 
Where was his idea? <laughs> oh, these people ought to be ashamed of themselves. <sighs> well, time to close it out with a proverb. So today's proverb comes from Proverbs 13, 16. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. So these people came on here to give what they thought was good advice or you know, to give what they think is a good perspective about these things. But all they ended up doing was showing everyone how foolish they are in their thinking, how foolish they are in their morality, how foolish they are when it comes to the scriptures. When we come and talk about these things, we've got to stand alone on the Bible because that's a source of all wisdom and knowledge. Very few of these people even quoted the Bible. Heck, you know, most of them are probably red letter Christians and they can't even quote Christ anymore. It's, it's, it's such a shame. You know, that, that song we sang, I'm, I'm sure most of them know it. That song we sang as children, you know, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, right? You know, the, the, I stand alone on the word of God. I used to think that that was like, no one else is standing on it, just me. I'm the only one standing on it. But no, it means that the, my foundation, right? The, uh, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. The foolish man builds his house upon the sand. So as I stand alone on the word of God, what these people were stand, standing on was the sand of the world. The only reason they said these things was because the world put a big, you can say this stamp on top of it. That's why they're saying these things, not because of conviction, not because of the Bible says this, it's because the world, they asked, went to the world and said, is it okay for me to say these things? And the world said, yes, you can say them. That's why they're saying them. And I'm telling you, every single one of these people is just a couple years away from deconstructing their Christianity, except maybe those two dudes who were actually, one of them seemed to have some sort of semblance of conviction. And the other one I didn't really hear from, maybe because he did have conviction. Anyway. Folks, every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Thanks for listening to the Think and Reform podcast. And as always, don't forget, think and reform.